Hi, I'm Dan, and I want to welcome you to Church Online. If it's your first time, please take a minute and fill out a quick guest link on our website after the broadcast. We would love to connect with you, no matter where you're watching from. You can also give online by going to lifechurchutah.com or by texting LCGIVE to 95577 at any time during this morning's service. Once again, thank you for making Life Church Online a part of your weekend. For more information, visit us at lifechurchutah.com. So pull out your notes for today's message if you'd like to do that. I'm going to be starting a new series that I'm going to take through the end of the month that I am entitling When God Shows Up. And, and the reason we're talking about this because I just feel in my life if there's anything that I, that I need, I need Jesus. I need Jesus showing up in my life. I think probably all of us face situations where we don't need another religion. We don't need another pep talk. We need God in our lives. And that's what Christmas is all about. It's God showing up in our lives. You know, I think as we watch the news, we, we read the newspapers and so forth, we see the chaos that's going on in our world today. And I think if we're honest, all of us would admit that our, not only our culture, not only American society, but the whole world is sick. There's something wrong. And, and it's always been that way, but it's increasing with intensity. We see things happening that we've never seen before. And of course, we've, we've had the terrorism issues for the last 20 years or so, but they're happening with greater frequency as well. We see people brandishing guns and, and taking lives of, of, of innocent people. We see this happening with greater regularity. And, 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 and you know, we see these sex scandals that are taking place in Hollywood and politics and, and on and on. All of this stuff is going, it's indicating that something at the very core of our nature, of who we are, as people, I'm not talking about us individually, but as a race of people, there's something that's sick about us. And if you don't think that's true, you're just not paying attention. There's something that's not well about us as, as a race of people. And all these things are increasing with intensity and severity around us. Uh, and we do all that we can to protect ourselves, and I think that that's a good thing to do. But the truth is, no matter how much you do, you can't fully protect yourself from everything that could happen that's out there. You and I need God to show up in our lives. We need God to surround. You know, you love your children, you, and you care for your, you protect your children. You should do that. But there's only so much you can do to protect them from what's out there in the world. You've got to have God with your kids when you're not with your kids. Amen? You've got to have God showing up in situations where you can't control the atmosphere. And that's what we need. We need for God to show up. And you know, I, I think if we were able to transport ourselves back 2,000 years, back into a little tiny nation by the, by the name of Israel... And, and walk with the people and talk with the people who were under Roman rule and occupation at that time, what you would find out is that they would feel the same way about their lives that you and I feel about our lives. We need God to show up. They needed God in their lives the same as we need God in our lives. The reason for that is that the problem is essentially the same. 
between then and now. Our technologies have changed. Our way of approaching life has changed a little bit. But the core problem within humanity remains the same, whether it's 2,000 years ago or today. And here's the deal. New laws, passing new laws, isn't going to fix it. And neither is all the therapy in the world. It won't fix it either. It's because it's a heart problem. And it's been around since the very beginning when Adam and Eve chose to walk away from God and say, we're going to do our own thing. What they did was they opened the door for a, for a plague to come in on the human race. And that plague has a name. And the name is sin. The name is evil. That's the problem with the human race. It's a heart problem called sin. The Apostle James talks to us about why all these things are happening in James chapter 4. He says, what is causing all these quarrels and, they, and these fights? Isn't it because there is a whole army of evil desires within you? You want what you don't have and so you, you kill to get it. Boy, don't we see that happening. You kill to get it. You long for what others have. You can't afford it, so you start a fight to take it away from them. And yet, the reason you don't have what you want is that you don't ask God for it. In other words, what he's saying is, the problem is, we don't put God into the center of our lives, and so we try to take it by force ourselves. We try to make it happen on our own. And he says, even when you do ask God, you don't get it. Because oftentimes your aim is wrong. Your heart is wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Look again, I, I underline that portion of the verse, that, that little phrase, a whole army of evil desires within us. I think that what, what we have to understand is that it's not a religion problem. It's not a conformity problem. We have an issue within us that is evil and it wants to do its own thing. And it's, it, it, there are evil desires that are pulling at us to cause us to want to do what is wrong. The English Standard Version of this uh, uh, verse says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you is it not that your own passions are at war within you. And so you have something that is warring against you. It's fighting against you. This is not just some passive little tendency to do what's wrong. It's fighting you to do what's wrong constantly. And it wants to win. And so you have this battle going on inside of your life. I think most of us understand that. I think most of us, if we're honest, can say, yeah, that's true. We have this tendency to want to do or to get things our way, no matter what. And that's what James is calling here, this whole army of evil desires. That's, and that's our problem. We've all got this problem. And laws won't fix it. They can moderate it a little bit, but they won't fix it. What we need is for God to show up. What you need is Jesus at the center of, of, of your family. What you need is Jesus at the center of your life. What we need is for God to show up in our culture and to change the heart of the people. It's not just an action. It's not just a doing issue. It's a heart issue. We need our hearts changed. And that's what Christmas is telling us. It's God showing up to change our hearts. Hallelujah. That we can be different people going forward. Now, this is how this all came about, and, 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 and the Bible talks about it in Luke chapter 1, about God showing up in Jesus. It says, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent to God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth 
to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, for he will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I have not known a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now I found embedded into this so much incredible truth, but I just want to bring three things to your attention today. And I want to call them promises that God is making to you this Christmas season. Because of Christmas, God is going to make three, at least three definite promises for you going forward, not only for the remainder of this year, but also as we move into 2018. And the first promise is this, God is promising you himself. He's promising his presence will be with you. He's promising he will go with you. Listen, I've got news for you. Jesus doesn't live in this building. Jesus is ready to go with you when you walk out of here. He's ready to go with you when you drive down Bangor and you need Jesus driving down Bangor. He's ready to go with you into your family. He's ready to go with you on your job. He's ready to be the center of your life and be with you every step of the way. Hallelujah. This is the promise. Verse number 28. The angel said to her, rejoice, for the Lord is with you. Now, a lot of people, they look at a verse like that, and they, they see the word rejoice, and they think to themselves, what do I have to rejoice about? You know, maybe they hear the song, Joy to the World, or something that is sung around the Christmas season, and, and, and they wonder to themselves, I, what do I have to be joyful about? Nothing's going right in my life. Everything's a problem, and, and so forth. And if you're not careful, it is easy to fall into the trap of all looking at your problems, the problems you face, get yourself discouraged, get a discouraged attitude about you, wondering where God is, if God loves me, why is all this happening in my life? All of this, wondering if he cares about you. But one of the great promises of Christmas is that God does care, that God is aware, that actually God is with us right in the middle of whatever we are facing in our lives. This is what religion cannot do for you. This is what religion will never do for you. It'll give you a set of rules to follow, but that's all religion is. Religion is rules. Religion is, is, is duty. Religion is ritual. And that ritual will not be with you when you face the crisis in your life. God's not interested in giving you a religion. He is interested in giving you a relationship with himself. Hallelujah. Where he can be in you and with you. 
So what was lost because of the sin that we talked about a moment ago can be restored and reclaimed because Jesus was born in Bethlehem. So when the angel told Mary that the Lord would be with her, I believe he was looking down through the portals of time to 2017 to us today sitting in this building and making the very same promise to us today how do I know that? How, why do I believe that? Because the angel said that Christ's birth was the fulfillment of a promise that was made by God to everyone on earth through the prophet by the name of Isaiah. And this is what God's word says. Now we're moving over to Matthew chapter 1, verse 22. This is what it tells us. All of this, speaking about the, the birth of Christ, occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. Now that prophet it's talking about is the prophet Isaiah. Because when you go to Isaiah, you see verse 23 being quoted there. And it's, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, bear a son, and they'll call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, which means God is with us. And his name Emmanuel is as much a promise from God to you and me today as it was for Mary and Joseph and the people of Israel 2,000 years ago. So why do we celebrate his birth every year? Is it, just, is it just about getting presents and the tree and all the decoration? No, it's because Jesus is God's promise to humanity. Jesus is God promising if we will give ourselves to him and live for him, he's making some promises to us. First of all, Jesus is God promising that he loves us. John chapter 3 verse 16 says, God so loved you that he gave his only son that whoever would believe, if you will simply believe in him and receive him and make him the center of your life, he will, you will not perish. And it's not talking about your physical body, it's talking about your eternal body because he's going to give you everlasting life. If you want everlasting life, if you want the hope of something that's eternal, that's more than just the, the 70 years that you get on earth, if, if you want something eternal, Jesus is the doorway to that eternal uh, work of God. That's how much God loves you. See, a lot of us, we, we look at that and say, well, if God loved me, then why am I facing all of these issues? Why do all these problems come into my life? Listen, you can't measure the love of God by the, the problems that you face in life. You measure the love of God by the sacrifice that he made of his son, sending him into the human condition to be born into poverty, to be raised in poverty, to, to, to grow to become a man who so challenged the status quo that they nailed him to a cross and buried him in a tomb, but death could not hold him. Hallelujah. God raised him from the dead and he is alive today forevermore, our Savior and our resurrection. Lord. That's how much God loves you. Christmas and Jesus is God promising that he'll never leave us. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5, for God has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'll never abandon you. Right in the middle of your situation, Jesus says, I'm working. Don't, don't give up. Don't, don't, get, don't get in crisis. Don't get fearful. Don't get full of anxiety. I am with you. Be at peace. I've got the whole thing under control. Jesus is God promising, thirdly, that he is for us. John 3, 17 says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. Listen, God is not interested in telling you everything you've done wrong. Most of us know what we've done wrong. We know our problem. We don't have to be told. We already know most of it. 
Jesus came not to condemn us, but to give us a way out of the condemnation, to give us a way to salvation. Jesus is God for us. It's God, Jesus is God in in your corner. He's rooting for you and he's gonna empower you to make it all happen. So God promises himself to you this Christmas, but not just at Christmas time. It's for every day of your life. But God's promising more than just his presence with us. He's also giving us the promise number two of his power, hallelujah. You know, I can be with Carrie when she's going through a hard time in her life, but I'm very limited what I can do to change the circumstances. I can pray for her, and I can love her, and I can put my arm around her, I can hold her hand, I can encourage her, but I can't change the circumstances. I don't have the power to do that. Jesus is God offering the power to change your circumstances and to change your heart to change who you are as a person, to make you into a different person. And so this is God getting very practical with us right here. He's promising his power to help us every day of our lives. We're going to look at verses 32 through 35. It talks here about the greatness of God's power in these verses. And this is what we read earlier. He, meaning Jesus, will be great. And he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob. The house of Jacob there is, is code for, the, for Israel. He'll, raise, he'll reign over Israel again forever. But this is what I want you to notice. Of his kingdom, there will be no end. Now that's taking the kingdom of Christ beyond just the borders of Israel. That is saying... His kingdom will encompass the whole world. His kingdom will have no end, not just in the sense of time, like it never ceases, but also in the sense of capacity. It's God promising his kingdom is going to fill the whole earth. So wherever we are, the kingdom of God is being developed and, and, and strengthened and grown through our lives and into our lives. And one day when Jesus comes again, he's going to fulfill everything that's given to us in the prophecy of those words. Well, then Mary, having heard this, asks a very obvious question of this angel. How can this, all this happen through me? I'm a virgin. How, how, how can this take place? And verse number 35 tells us the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Something supernatural is going to start taking place, Mary. Something beyond your ability to perceive is going to start taking place in your life. Jesus is going to be a miracle. Jesus is going to be a miracle from the power of the Holy Spirit. So we look at Jesus and his his birth and we understand that Mary was his mother, that's his humanity, but Joseph was not his father. Joseph was his stepfather. He who who begat uh, Jesus was the power of the Holy Spirit himself. In fact, one of the Old Testament prophets who foretold the, the place of Jesus' birth said making it clear that this Messiah was not just another human ruler, says about him in Micah chapter 5, verse 2, But you, Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel. It's a prophecy about Jesus, and it says about him, 
Your, his origins are from of old, from ancient times. In other words, that's another way of God saying, this ruler is not just another human being. It's talking about God himself who's going to become ruler over all the nations of the world because he has no origin. He has always been, and that's what that's saying. He is from ancient times. In other words, he has always existed. So this is not just some new clever guy who comes on the scene and starts wowing everybody. This is totally different. This is a Messiah who has divinity in his blood, who is himself a God, who is God incarnate. And what God is saying here is the power of the Holy Spirit is going to bring this to pass. How did this timeless Christ enter into the womb of this virgin? How did that happen? It was by the power of the Holy Spirit. Hang with me. I'm going somewhere with this. It was the Holy Spirit who caused Mary to conceive. And that's how he said the miracle would happen. The angel said in Luke 1.35, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. So what difference does this make to us today? What difference? Simply this. The Spirit... The Holy Spirit is still coming on his people. Like he came upon Mary, he is still coming upon his people. Not to birth a new Messiah. We don't need that. We have our Messiah. He is coming upon his people today to birth his kingdom and to empower us and to help us to be everything we want to be for God. The power that caused Mary to conceive and give birth to the Son of God is the same power that God is offering to every single one of us today as his children. And that's what God, Jesus promised in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So maybe you look at your life and you think, I'm never going to be able to break that habit. That habit has control of me. I've tried everything. I've gone to all the programs. I'll never be able to break the habit. What I want you to know today is that you can turn to Jesus, who is God's promise of power, and the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and he'll give you a new power to break the old habit that's controlled your life. He'll give you power to overcome. You know, maybe, maybe you kind of think to yourself that you'll never beat that depression. You've, had, you've been a depressed person for so long. You live in constant fear. You live in anxiety. But Christmas is God promising you that the same spirit that impregnated uh, Mary is still has the power to break the yoke of depression and anxiety and fear off of your life. It can be a new year for you this year. Maybe you would be honest and say, you know what? My faith has grown old. My faith has grown stale. My faith has grown cold. Then understand this. God has more for you than just a new religion. A new, a new set of rules and regulations for you to follow. God wants to give to you his Holy Spirit. And he's ready to pour that spirit out upon you. He wants to revive what is dead in your life. He wants to give new spiritual power to you by his spirit. The same power 
that caused Mary to conceive the Messiah, the same power that will one day establish the kingdom of Christ, a kingdom that will never end. It's the same power that is promised to every single one of us who longs for more of God in our lives. Christmas is God promising his power to us. Hallelujah. I want more power from Jesus. I want more power from God. And that's his promise. The third thing I see here is God's promise of the impossible. The angel summed it all up in these words in verse 37. He says simply this, with God, nothing is impossible. With me, all kinds of things are impossible. In fact, more, there's way more impossible with me than possible. I, there's a lot I, I can't do much about. But with God, nothing is impossible. The angel said those words. So let me just ask you today, what seems impossible to you? What does the devil put out in front of you and dare you to trust God about? What does he dare you to trust? What does he mock you about? He does it to all of us. It might be your health. Maybe you've gone and got a doctor's report and the doctor says there's no hope. This is it. It's impossible. Maybe it's your marriage. Vows of love that were made years ago. I mean, they, they promises, they seem like a distant memory to you today. The marriage seems impossible. Maybe it's your finances. Your money runs out before the month runs out. I don't know why I was thinking about this, but um, years and years ago when we were in college, Carrie and I were dating, the transmission in my car went out. And so I went to a junkyard because I didn't have any money. I'm paying a college bill. I got no money. And I go to, go to a junkyard to find out what I can get for, how much I'll have to pay for a new transmission, you know. So found a transmission. I didn't know if it was any good or not, but it, it, was, it was at least a new one, a newer one than I had. Hopefully it would work. It cost 50 bucks. I had no more ability to come up with 50 bucks then than I would have and come up with 50,000 bucks today. It was impossible for me. God sent me a miracle. You know what that miracle was? That woman right over there, she paid $50 for my transmission. <laughs> I don't know why I thought about that this morning, but I was thinking about that this morning, and that's the reason we're married. <laughs> because I realized I either had to marry her or pay her back. <laughs> and boy, have I been paying back <laughs> since then. Well, that's another story. But maybe your money runs out before your month runs out. Maybe 50 bucks to you is like 50,000 to somebody else or 5 million to somebody else. Just impossible. And your checkbook looks impossible. Maybe it's your kids. There's so much tension in the home. There's a lot of rebellion, disrespect. It just takes the joy out of the times when you get together as a family. Your kids seem impossible. Whatever your impossible situation Jesus is God's promise of a change. 
He's God's promise of a miracle. He's God's promise that nothing is impossible with God. Because the same Jesus who reached out his hand in his lifetime, you read the stories in the Gospels, and he healed the lame. He gave sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, a cure to the diseased. That same Jesus has promised in Psalm 103, verse 3, that he will forgive all of your sins and heal all of your diseases. What diseases are impossible to man? They're nothing to God. He heals them all. Did you get that? The word all, not some. He heals all our diseases. And the same Jesus who blessed a wedding in Cana has made this promise in Jeremiah 31, 13. I will comfort you and I will turn your mourning into joy and your sorrow into gladness. Maybe today your marriage is so full of conflict and anger, but God says, I'm the God of the impossible and I will turn your marriage because your marriage is not impossible for me. And the same Jesus who picked up little children and held them on his lap and he blessed them has promised in Proverbs 22, verse 6, if you train up that child in the way he should go, when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Maybe right now you're in the departing time. Maybe right now you're feeling, well, they're departing. But he's saying to you, what they are today is not necessarily what they will be tomorrow. I'm the God of the impossible. And I can change and turn. In fact, there are scores of families in this church who would tell you the very thing I'm talking about there. The miracle power of God to transform a young life. A song I used to sing growing up as a kid in my home church said these words, and some of you will perhaps remember or recognize the words. It said, God, any rivers? you think are uncrossable. There's, there's some big, wide rivers out there. The Jordan River, in case you've never been out of Utah, the Jordan River is kind of small. It's more of a stream. If you, if you go to some other areas of, of the world, you see rivers. And so the, the songwriters just simply said, have you got any rivers that seem to be uncrossable? Now, we do know about mountains. The next phrase says, got any mountains you can't tunnel through? I couldn't tunnel through any of these. No, no capacity to do that. Then it says, God specializes in things thought impossible. And he will do what no other power can do. You know, I was thinking to myself, if you have cancer, you go to a cancer specialist. If you have a heart problem, you go to a heart specialist. If you got marriage problems, you go to a marriage specialist. If you've got an impossibility, you go to the impossibility specialist. In fact, he loves handling impossible situations. It's what he specializes in. This is my specialty. Nobody else can, can do that. An impossible situation, nobody else can do it. Medical science can't. Therapy can't, counselors can't, but there's nothing too hard for God. 
And he will be an impossibility specialist in your life as you turn yourself over to him and submit yourself completely to him. So whatever you're facing today, I want you to know that Christmas is God promising you and renewing this for all of us. He's promising you his presence. He's promising you his power. And he's promising you a miracle. Would you stand with me today? This is Pastor Eric. Thanks so much for checking out our Life Church podcast. We pray that it's a blessing to you. For more information about Life Church, check us out at lifechurchutah.com.